It's Monday the 18th of January. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Tim Gilbert. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. G'day bud. Mate, I'm well. I'm sitting here in Kingscliff. It's uh, We've had some beautiful sunny weather on the border of Queensland, mate, all good, but lots of sport to talk about. And cricket in particular, mate, what a test match we're witnessing. Oh, absolutely. Well, we're going to deep dive into the cricket because that is the big topic at the moment. Gavin Robinson will join us later in the show, former Australian test cricketer. Brenton Speed will also take a a look at the world game, that huge game with Liverpool. Oh, let's get cracking. What a day's test cricket. It was gripping and, look... I want to ask you first off, Shane, so many people make predictions about what's going to happen in a test match from what has happened in the past, but you can't do that much anymore because the game has changed. Test cricket has changed. The wickets have changed. The way they prepare has changed. So often the history is not a good barometer for the future. Not always, Timmy, but um, look, there's still two days to go here. I'm currently sitting um, right on the Queensland border, but it's raining here, so we're really close, close to Queensland here, mate. So I think it's going to be rain-affected these next two days, which is unfortunate for the Aussies. The Indians did really well yesterday. They, um, you know, the two batsmen, um, Shodal and Washington Sundar, you know, 62 and 67 respectively, played really well, a lot of resilience. The Aussies done for 21, you know, going into day four, but... Um, yeah, they have to score some runs really quickly and then somehow bowl this Indian team out that are showing significant resistance. And that was brilliant yesterday. Here you've got a team that's away from home in a bubble. Uh, only two players have played in all four test matches. And these two blokes that, that were basically net bowlers have just come in for the final test after hovering around. And, and to get a 123-run record partnership, was just brilliant to watch. Yeah, look, you know, selectors get given a hard time all the time, but the Indian selectors, hats off to them. How well have they done this series? Uh, they've chosen somewhat something like 21 different players for the four test matches, and they've got it right every game. Um, yeah, and particularly after getting bowled out in Adelaide for 36, the way they've turned things around. No, hats off to the Indian selectors and hats off to the Indian players who are a really, really tough cricket team now. They're going to really challenge New Zealand um, as the top of the tree, I think, and the best test team in the world. What do you think about the whole Channel 7 thing? Do you think Channel 7 are happy that they stayed with the cricket this summer? Their numbers are going through the roof. Yeah, they should be. And um, look, look, I think... Um, you know, it's always good to watch a test series in Australia when we dominate and we and we knock the teams over. But I think the Australian public really appreciate hard-fought test matches as well. Now, saying that, if we get some clear um, weather the next two days, Australia's not out of this test match by any means. But it's going to take a bit of a bit of a miracle to score some runs really, really quickly and then somehow you know turn it around. You know, um, you look at Nathan Lyon; he's averaging 55 with the ball this series. hasn't bowled that bad from a numbers perspective. But I, I just feel like he's really focusing on his 400th test wicket and, and that hopefully not the job at hand. Well, well, you've just painted it out there. Australia's got to win. So they've got, to, they've got to find runs and they've got to find enough time to get India out and win to get the Gavaska, Border Gavaska Trophy back. So that's their great challenge. So something's going to happen these next two days. We know that Queensland weather, if it rains, it often doesn't rain for long. So anyway, we're uh, going to talk more to Gavin Robertson a little bit later in the show on that. And... Uh, just one quick thing before we uh, go into Brenton Speed and talk a little bit of the world game. What about uh, the Australian Open and the, the bubble, watching all the players practice 
uh, in their rooms and blowing up because they've got to be in 14 days isolation. Mate, it's tough, isn't it? Um, a, a really good mate of mine, a guy called Matt Dwyer, who's the chief tennis officer um, at Tennis Australia. Um, I gave him a call yesterday, but they Tennis Australia are in a full media lockdown at the moment, so he couldn't comment. Um, there's a lot of pressure on, on the administration there, but yeah, frustrating for the players to board a plane, get tested before they board the plane. But then when they arrive to find out that two people on the plane have, have, have had COVID and they're in a 14-day tight lockdown, they would be going stir-crazy. And some of the tennis players saying they can't remember a period in their life when they haven't practiced for two weeks. So not ideal preparation for a, for a major tennis tournament. Absolutely. Manchester United and Liverpool draw that and much, much more in the world game with Brenton Speed. This is Afternoon Sport. All right, it is time to talk the world game. Brenton Speed, uh, you've been calling a lot of the A-League. Seems to be going well. Yeah, another great weekend in the A-League. I caught a couple of games, including the uh, Sydney Derby out at uh, Stadium Australia, as it's uh, known again now. And Sydney FC and the Wanderers shared the points again. So Sydney FC haven't won a Derby in five now. So the Wanderers really have the measure of their across-city rivals at the moment, even though, of course, Sydney FC have won the last two championships. So if they can take the form they're producing against the Sky Blues to the rest of the competition, then they're going to be uh, really competitive again. And they certainly look that way under Carl Robinson this season. There was a, a somewhat controversial penalty, but I think the referee, Alex King, was right to give the spot kick the way James Troisi blocked off uh, Milos Ninkovic, so Costa Barbarossa's dispatched the penalty for Sydney FC, but the Wanderers' response was swift. Uh, they found an equaliser courtesy of a, a mistake from Andrew Redmayne, and I think uh, a draw was the right result on the night. Brendan, the Premier League, uh, exciting race at the moment and a massive game overnight. Yeah, 3.30 this morning it was. Liverpool hosting Manchester United, who were top of the league. And if Liverpool could win and protect that amazing record at Anfield, then they would have gone back to the top of the Premier League. But Manchester United had the better chances. They finished goalless in the end, and that was largely thanks to two uh, pretty good saves from Alisson, uh, the Liverpool goalkeeper in the second half, uh, kept out a, a stinging shot from Paul Pogba. And in the first half, uh, Bruno Fernandes just uh, whistled a free kick within centimetres as well. So uh, they had the better chances. Liverpool failed to create many good looks. In fact, their best was probably butchered by Roberto Firmino, who could have played in Sadio, uh, Sadio Mane uh, for a tap-in, but uh, elected to go for goal and, and was nowhere near it. So Liverpool are off the ball at the moment. Uh, you know, they used to be so free scoring, but that uh, front three isn't the bigger, biggest threat at the moment. So a goalless draw and suddenly uh, Manchester City have gone past them. Uh, Liverpool, the defending champs, of course, are down to fourth and I can't see them winning the Premier League this season. That's interesting, isn't it? And, uh, of course, uh, Jerry and the Pacemakers, we mentioned it the other the other day. God rest his soul, Jerry Marsden dying, you'll never walk alone. It's uh, It's been an interesting time, a, a time of triumph, of course, over the last 18 months for Liverpool, but as you say, they're struggling a bit at the moment. Just with regards crowds, Brenton, how did you find the atmosphere for the derby, which is normally a fever pitch between the Wanderers and Sydney FC? Yeah, credit to them. They picked Stadium Australia as the venue so they could maximise the crowd with a 25% cap. So you're going to get around the 20,000 mark at the most. And in that stadium, 20,000 is sparse. 
And at one stage there, the Wanderers fans tried to fire up, but chanting is frowned upon at the moment behind the masks. So suddenly uh, security had to get to the Wanderers fans and tell them, sorry, we can't have chanting at the moment. So very strange atmosphere, a shame uh, for the neutral and the observer that uh, that energy wasn't sort of coming through uh, your television screens at the moment. So let's just hope uh, for many reasons, of course, that we sort out this uh, uh, pandemic uh, as quickly as possible in this country and uh, we get crowds back to maximum size and chanting is allowed again. But at the moment, uh, we'll make do with watching whatever live sport we can, of course. That's for sure, mate. Hey, Brett, I follow you on Twitter, and uh, you were quite critical of um, of Chelsea signing Timo Werner, but it looks like you're being vindicated there, mate. Yeah, he is goalless in his last 10 Premier League games. He found mm. a goal last weekend. That was against League 2 opposition in the FA Cup, but in the Premier League, he's uh, snatching at his chances and you know, he scored a stack of goals at RB Leipzig in Germany and everyone thought, oh, well, he'll just come over and score plenty of goals in, in the Premier League. But that's people who look at stats. People actually watch him play. And I've, I've watched a lot of the games that he played and also with Germany, the national team. And he butchers a lot of chances. He's very lucky that uh, Julian Nagelsmann is a genius young coach, the man who was in charge at RB Leipzig and had this team playing such wonderful attacking football that that Timo Werner was getting 10 chances a game and he might put two away. But when he comes to Chelsea, you may be going to get two or three chances a game. And at the moment, he's wasting each and every one of those. He Mm. came on against 10-man Fulham the other day, only played about 20 minutes and had five really glorious chances. And one one-on-one in particular that, uh, you know, he's facing up to the goalkeeper and he puts it five metres wide. So Timo Werner, uh, maybe it'll come for him. But uh, I was predicting, because um, Liverpool were a big hope of signing him as well. He went to Chelsea and I just don't think he'll fire the same as he did in the Bundesliga. What kind of coins he on? Well, he signed for 50 million euros. That was the transfer fee. Um, so he gets a little chunk of that and he probably gets paid about 200 grand uh, a week in town, so nearly half a million a week, I'd say somewhere around his wage. And he's not firing at the moment for Frank Lampard, who is a young coach under pressure. They're well and truly outside the Champions League positions at the moment. Uh, yeah, Chelsea yeah. and Timo Werner's not going to fire for him. Yeah, get your long way on a ferry, that kind of money. So just just quickly, the Wanderers play Central Coast tomorrow night. Um, look, I'm a Wanderers man, and uh, they've, they've made a lot of change. Carl Robinson coming in as coach, and they've, they've gone out and bought a lot of players. Um, can they take it the distance the, this year? And also, MacArthur on the weekend, the, the, new, the new kids on the block, you called their game. Now, I'll start with that one. Uh, controversy at the end of that game. MacArthur FC were up 2-0 early and cruising against the Newcastle Jets. But Newcastle came back and probably entitled to grab a draw at the end. But they went down 2-1. So MacArthur FC banked another three points. And real controversy at the end of that game when the ball struck the hand of Alex Shushnia, the centre-half for MacArthur FC. But he played at the ball inside the penalty area. It touched his foot and then rebounded onto his hand, which referees are dictated to say that's not a penalty uh, if it comes off your own body and then onto your hand. So it was the right call, uh, but try convincing the Newcastle Chets fans who uh, were uh, adamant in the stands that their team de- deserved a spot kick there. So MacArthur FC, uh, top of the league. But the only team with a perfect record right now is the Central Coast Mariners. They've won... Their first two games, so they host the Wanderers tomorrow night. It's going to be a brilliant fixture. We've got three 
midweek games coming up in the A-League on Fox Sports. I can't wait for it. And, uh, yeah, it starts tomorrow night. And the Wanderers, I think they're playing good football. I think they'll – I actually predicted them to uh, win the league this year, and I think they're a big chance of doing that. Carl Robinson has showed uh, what a good coach he is, and he's recruited well. So once they start to gel and there's some exciting young talent coming through as well. So that's a must-watch uh, fixture tomorrow night, Tuesday night in the A-League on Fox Sports. Brenton, brilliant as usual, mate. I'm going to go to the garage now and get my old soccer boots out. And um, I reckon I can be paid 50 million quid and score no goals as well, I reckon. I'm going to be very consistent with that. Yeah, just do a little that. tutorial for Timo Werner, Shane. I'm sure he'll appreciate it. Go on, you, mate. Yeah, look, I might even go to that Central Coast game. I'm hovering around the Central Coast. I reckon that'll be a ripper and the Wanderers to win 2-0. Thanks, Brenton. Uh, look forward to seeing you there, Timmy. Thanks, Shane. See you, mate. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, Gavin Robertson, former Test cricketer. He's also had the cricket centre at Dremoyne Oval named after him. Can't wait to talk to Robbo. Stump to Stump is Australia's newest and most interactive cricket platform for all cricket fans, players and clubs to share stories, match results, memories and experiences. Stumptostump.com All right, time to talk Test Cricket. Gavin Robertson, former Test Cricketer, on the line right now for afternoon sports, Shana. Mate, uh, he's a great man. He's just had a cricket centre named after him at Dremoyne Oval. Congratulations, Robbo. I appreciate that, mate. Uh, it was a bit of a well, genuine surprise. And uh, I started there when I was a kid. I was 12 years of age. Just went down to watch a couple of mates in Wayne Seabrook and um, Chris Madden train. And next minute I got asked to bowl. And next minute I'm... Took about three weeks of bowling and I became a Balmain Green Shield boy and yeah, it was pretty pretty incredible. And now it's called Sydney Cricket Club at Dremoyne Oval. But I was and it, I suppose the biggest thing I was blown away was just seeing mates from 30, 40 years ago. That was that's really what cricket brings. Uh, that that's the friendship legacy I call it. Mate, brilliant, mate. I was lucky enough to have a a field named after me down in Oak Flats, which I'm really proud of, but I've got nothing in the in the big smoke, mate. So well done, Robbo. I appreciate it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got Gilbert Road next to me. I always say to the kids that was named after me. But uh, congratulations, Robbo. Uh, what what about yesterday? It was just gripping stuff, wasn't it? And and I was saying to Shane uh, at the top of the show. A lot of cricket and what's written about cricket and test cricket, uh, people want to look at the past to try and work out what's going to happen next. But the game has changed so much that it's pretty hard to predict what's going to happen next because a lot of records are broken. We're playing on different sorts of uh, you know fields. What are your thoughts there? Um, I totally agree with that. I mean, this is we are in a different framework, but um, I. I've been talking to mates and asking the primary question, can they think of a test series like this? And I can't. I, I, I find it that I'm almost blown away by India and I would never say that. And, um, but they've been unbelievable. And, and you know, I'm, we're talking, what, 21 different selections for a, a four-test series and... I don't know. I'm just been blown away, and it, maybe it tells us a lot about Indian cricket and and what it's like to be able to have stock from 1.3 billion people as against us here or here in Australia. We only have 25 and a half, 26 million, so stock might might not be as good. But they have put on show a show that I, I can't imagine. And yesterday blew me away, to be honest. Um, watching uh, Shadow and Thakur like. How did you think that they were going to put on 100 and what, yeah. 128, wasn't it? I mean, 
Now, I couldn't find anyone that believed it, yet you couldn't get them to leave their lounge room seat because they were stuck watching. Yeah. Hey, Robbie, and you you would appreciate this more than anyone being an off spinner and, and, a, and a former test cricketer. Patience is the key. Do you think us bowling them out for 36 in the first test may have detracted away from our, our patience throughout the rest of the series? Uh, maybe. Um I think the primary thing that we, you know, and I was in Adelaide for that test match and um, we all thought that, oh, you know, we've been all over India and we're going to flog them. We're going to win 4 nil. And I think the primary thing was that we didn't realise from that test match that they actually won more minutes of the game than we did. So it was was almost a little bit fake, that that 36, to judge where India are and where we were and... um, I think that um, they have really dug in, and they've been able to find partnerships. When I've, I've not not just with the bat, but with the ball, and Australia at the moment, I, I can't sit here and knock our bowling attack. I think our bowling attack is. I still say it's the best in the world, but um, have we worked on? Or have we made mistakes? Yeah, you know, the primary mistake yesterday, for example, would be. Did we get emotional? Did we not focus on what our plan was going to be? And did we get too short all day? And I think we were, we genuinely bowled too short for too too long. And um, because there's a couple of problems. Um, do I think Nathan Lyon has bowled well? Yes, I do. Um, but you're also talking about he's bowling to, you know, 20 players, for example, that when they were born, by the time they'd gotten off the bottle, they were already facing off spinners and league spinners. So they understand what they're doing over there in India and playing spin bowling. Yeah, but he did struggle, didn't he, on the final day? Well, just if you're going to go numbers and, and look at how many wickets Nathan Lyon has taken through the series, last day, Sydney, it's almost like throw the ball to the spinner. It's his home ground. You think, well, you're going to get us home. I get the whole India thing and the fact that they are brought up. This is their staple spin bowling. But um, he's... he's his record, if you're going to come back and look at history, has not been good through this series. Um, yeah, um, and I think you can just look at it that it's, it's everyone has those series. I mean, you could turn around and say, well, how did Shane Warne only get six wickets in the 1998 Test Series? Now, there's no way anyone would believe that, but it happened. And you've got to remember he was also playing against a, a side that were just brilliant at playing spin bowling. So... When you think about it, um, it's got a bit to do with the history will show that in India have taken down some spinners over the years and it's been going on for 50 years. But the only thing I would say is uh, with regard to the, the the third test and what could have Nathan done, maybe I would like to see him, when they're so used to playing him, maybe change some of his lines and some of his shapes because his, his shape is brilliant and I wish – that I bowled the, the same type of shape that he bowled because it's, it's it's the primary reason he's been so successful. But that doesn't mean an arm ball isn't important because it then changes how a batsman thinks against you. A, a, a skitter on a, on a, a five-day wicket is very good also, and you've got to own those things. So um, I'm not saying that he, he doesn't own them, but they're, they're not a, a major part of what he delivers every test match. And... Uh, it's a bit difficult just to pull up and go, okay, I'm going to gonna give this a go and try an arm ball. I'm going to try a skitter and try and change up the, you know, the pace of the ball. So we, we can look at blaming him, but I'll, I'm just going to run with the fact that he's also playing against great players who know how to play him. And if you watch them bat against spin, 
uh, it's an art form, and I actually do find it enjoyable, which sounds a bit weird, but yeah. <laughs> hey, Robbo, um, saying all that, I think that the Indian team are fairly inexperienced. Um, uh, Warner's going to come out hard today, none for 21. We, we, put, we, we score weather permitting. We get 300 runs on the board. There's a good chance we can knock them over last day. Um, you think so? Shano, um, it's a big call. So let's say we get, what are we, 50-odd ahead. So let's say we, I think we need 280 is the big risk. Yep. Uh, 280 to 330 is is some sort of risk because it, I think you've got to say, okay, India, I want you still involved. I want you to back yourself. And I was looking at the list before. If you think of Sharma, uh, Rohit Sharma and Gill, for example, do you, I just got this gut feel that they'll come out and go for it. But I couldn't believe looking at the list, if you go Pajara, Rahane, Agarwal, Pant, and then we've just seen Washington uh, play how he did in Shadil Thakur, then they've got a, a, a they've got eight batsmen that can bat. So, mm. But we've got to remember, we, are, we only have to bowl out eight batsmen because the last three batsmen, um, well, I don't think when they went to the Nets, I don't think they got a chance to ever bat. So they're very good bowlers, the last three batsmen. <laughs> but physically, they cannot bat, and I haven't yeah. seen that in Test cricket. I reckon for ten years. Yeah, they 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 batted like like I used to bat in fourth grade, and that was like I had a toothpick in my hand. I don't mean to be mean, but it does take you back to when I was a boy. You know, you, you know, eight, nine, ten, and Jack sometimes just couldn't play, and um, you know, you, you could you could have three for and just get eight, nine, or ten, and, and pick up your five for quite easily. But these days, it's pretty difficult. But um, we've got to bowl. Can, can we bowl those eight batsmen out in that five-hour period and just have, you know, an hour left or half an hour left for the last three? But it, it's – tell you, the only people who are uh, excited are all of the public. The, the players right now are panicked in mm. what to do and hoping the weather goes well and mm. can, do they get the opportunity. Mm. But us – I've already written in. I've written two emails, three text messages, and had four conversations with my lovely wife at the kitchen. Can I please, just these two days, I am locked down because I'm sorry, I'm, like many, we're going to be glued to the set watching this. Yeah, the other people that would be very happy, Shano, would be TV executives because yep. they've got Gavin Robertsons all over the country. That's it, mate. I'm not sure if you boys can hear through my microphone the rain that's coming down. I'm, I'm right on the Queensland border here at Kingscliff. The raindrops here are as big as cricket balls, mate, and um, this doesn't look good for the weather today. Anyway, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, well, we sort of, uh, <laughs> we might have to give you a roll with the bomb, the Bureau of Meteorology, <laughs> if, you, uh, if you keep coming up with these assessments. But just finally, Robert, one of, the, one of the great things about this last day, uh, all these last, whatever you want to call them, last time in this test match, the, the zenith, the, you know, the crescendo, is that it's got to be quick cricket. It, they've got to get runs quick. They've got to put them in a position where they, they, they want to half go for them so they've got a chance of getting them out. Because if Australia does not win, the, the, the trophy, the silverware, stays in India. Well, that's the danger zone for India, thinking that we only have to draw and then mm. we keep the trophy. I think that's not the way to play. That's why I think it sits in Australia's pocket. I think that we will now go out and back ourselves and go for it. And I saw that in Warney yesterday. So, I, look, I really do believe we, uh, the nation will see a different Australian side today. We're going to be aggressive. And I think that works for us because it then takes – I think we've got the ability to take 
the game away from bowlers, which I'm going to be in an unfair way call them inexperienced, but I think that's what we can do. Mm. Uh, I hope, as Shane said, I hope the, the sun gets out and I hope we get a day because I think we're going to be frightening. I actually do believe we can be 300 ahead with probably an hour, an hour to go, but even possibly, depending on how the first two sessions go, I think we could be 300 ahead with at least the last session to go. So we could still have four sessions, Adam, depending on how we do. But I think we're going to see a very aggressive Australian side and an Indian side for the first time actually might panic. Well, Robbo, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, mate. You're looking good. You've got the Kirk Pengilly little little uh, goatee going there, mate. You look fantastic. And congratulations once again, mate, on the um, on the naming of the uh, the Balmain or the Sydney Career Club's um, Cricket Centre. Well done, mate. I appreciate it. Good to talk to you too. Good on you, Robbo. See you, mate. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you goes out to our guests, Brenton Speed and Gavin Robertson. Thank you to our wonderful sponsor, Shane. SpartanSportsHQ.com. Yeah, and we saw David Warner with all the Spartan gear, Spartan Sports. They are just superb, and of course, <laughs> so is our producer, Dan McHugh. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you then, guys.